Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It's going to be so hard to say goodbye. Time now for... Come back. Come back. Overreaction Monday. I love you. Forever. You hear me? I love you forever. And I'm coming back. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome. Indeed, it is the last Overreaction Monday podcast. Although we'll do some kind of overreacting to the uh, semifinals and the uh, title game. But no Pete Thamel today. It's just Pat and I. I don't know where Pete is. He's apparently traveling or something i i don't know how he might be like toledo the one bowl eligible team that didn't get invited yeah jason campbell the coach there's one of his guys so yes pete's probably up there like you know consoling jason candle for is he in toledo he might be in toledo could the glass city (laughs) we are just going to declare that's pete's whereabouts he's in toledo they have a good chicken joint there fricker's chicken really yeah uh, it better be like grilled or something, or he didn't eat Nah, it. hell no. Frickers double deep fry. Yeah, oh, Pete boy. ain't that that place. <laughs> he might be in Toledo. I don't know where Pete is. I literally don't. I don't know is what. Is there he, a hot yoga place in Toledo? He so, covers he covers the Pac-12 championship game on Friday, then tells us he's too busy traveling on Sunday. Um, What was Saturday for? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, he ain't here. It's just us two. Just us. It is a little bit of a sad day. It is somber. And just we lack the the sheer volume of games to create mayhem that we usually get on a good Saturday. Yeah. We had, what was there? 12 games? Somebody? Uh, 10. 10. 10. We got. Does it? Yeah. 10 games. 10 championships, 10 conferences. And uh, a lot of them weren't very good as, as we expected. Yeah, this happens when conference championships are already determined. Like, I'm just stunned that that uh, Clemson had to do it again, prove, <laughs> prove they were the best in the ACC again. I'd prove all the doubters wrong that they could beat mighty Virginia by only yes. 45. You know, I didn't want to get into this, but, you know, it's, it is just I don't get the attach. I don't get the zombie fan attachment to the thing. That's really <laughs> what I don't get. I just hate inefficiencies in life. Yeah. And this is an inefficiency. It's just we have three days of postseason that matter. Not all these other bowl games. We have Saturday. We have the semifinals. We have the finals that yeah. people get all hung up on the term playoff. It's it's all a playoff. OK. And so this was the post. This is the postseason. Call it postseason. 
can't have eight teams in my postseason. Well, you had, uh, you know, there were like 10 to 12 were in there, including Virginia or something. Like we had games you could lose in advance, you had games you can win and not advance. The yeah. only good game was the one game that felt like winner go home for both teams, Oklahoma right. Baylor. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Five of the 10 games are rematches. Like we have three days. Why not just make it eight? We don't add a game because that's what they want to block. Don't add a game. Play all, players got to play. All right, fine. Get rid of this thing. Just put eight teams in and you have a real three-day tournament. That's all it is. It's three days. It's not how, who's in or who's out. And then the same people who go, I can't have eight. There'll be an undeserving team in the playoff. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Then they go, that Oklahoma-Baylor game was great because it was just like a playoff game. Yeah, it's the same thing. Right. You know, yeah. The, but here's the, you know, they, they want the money and they want as much as anything, they're like three day conference propaganda fest. You know, they all want to say how great the SEC is. And, you know, we're yeah. going to have all these these uh, initiatives in the community, which are not bad. They're, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that. But, you know, we're going to we're going to just like wallpaper the Mercedes Benz Stadium, you know, which is this awesome stadium. And they got that huge video ribbon that goes around the stadium. And it's like instead of seeing replays or seeing players being helped off the field after an injury so you can see how badly they're hurt. Now we got SEC propaganda going up there. Here's Joe and Marcy from Lafayette, Louisiana, having a great time at the Fan Fest. Great. You know what? I mean, it's just, it's all this, this, this conference aggrandizement thing, which is one reason they're a little bit loath to give it up. I don't even try to convince like a conference commissioner. Like, I, I've given up on that. I get it. Yeah. Okay, SEC wants it. That's fine. I don't get why the fan doesn't say, I want better. I would prefer right. a better product. I would prefer the three the, th the first day of my three-day tournament, my three-day postseason actually be good, really, really good, per, uh, instead of one that isn't that good. Yeah. And I don't get that one. The fan is what I – I don't get the fan. I get these guys are all protecting fiefdoms or they can't think – they don't want to think out of the box – for for most of these ads, none of this stuff matters. It's the same teams in the playoff every year. I mean, LSU's new this year. Oh wow, they're plucky underdogs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you're the Missouri ad, this is way down. I get all that. So I don't even almost care about those guys. I just think if you're a fan, you should be like, think, use a little logic. This day really isn't that good. It could be so so much better. But anyway, uh, it was decent. Um, we ended up with four, exactly what we thought. Three of them. Thank God we don't have the BCS because this would be yeah. brutal. Clemson yeah. be out. Sorry. Um, and then I think that's why I have so little hope in college sports leadership because they literally preferred a system where Clemson would be out. But look, we're getting LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State. That is a mother of a doubleheader on the 28th. I wish it was on the first. Again, there's little things to do here to make this thing a little better. But still, that's a dream, dream semifinal. And and not long ago, we couldn't even have dreamed it would come true. Obviously, I'm guessing, I read your column, but you know, no problems with the, the selection. You're fine with nope. LSU number one, all that? Yeah, no, they got the selection right. Now, it wasn't very hard. Uh, they had one job that was difficult, and I think they got that right, too, and that was who's number one. And I think it was a close call between Ohio State and LSU. Both great teams. They both had great seasons. They had given the edge to Ohio State the last couple of weeks. But, you know, they showed some flexibility. 
watched the games, the final games, and said, hey, you know what? If you pound the daylights out of the number four team, 37 to 10, versus having to come back from two touchdowns down against what was Wisconsin, like the number eight team, I think, you got a, a better win for LSU. And so LSU moves up. The, the reason, obviously, that was very important is because, as you alluded to, if you're playing Clemson, you're in the slobber knocker of all slobber knockers. It's the best semifinal game we have had in the history of the playoff, Ohio State-Clemson. Last year, Clemson-Notre Dame was the first undefeated semifinal. It wasn't that good a game. Nobody expected it to be because everybody knew Notre Dame was a little bit counterfeit. That was an 11-point spread. I think it ended up being a 27-point game. This time around, uh-uh, it's gonna be, I think it's going to be a three-point spread probably for Ohio State, and I expect it to be a doozy. And then we'll see whether Oklahoma can step up and give LSU a game. I think they can score some points with them. Just don't know whether if they can stop them. But I am really excited for this playoff. There's obviously three great teams. Uh, Oklahoma is dangerous. You know, I don't love their chances in LSU, but it's a dangerous team. It's a big-time team. They've got talent. Uh, you got the whole Jalen Hurts you know, ideal. I would have loved to have seen, I think our, our one point, our dream was like Oklahoma, Alabama, and then LSU, Ohio state, right. The, the yeah, transfer yeah. bowl, right. Would have been pretty good or, or an Ohio state, Georgia, something like that. But with the, all the quarterbacks who transferred, everyone's uh, it's, which is hysterical. Three of the four yeah. teams have a uh, transfer quarter. They don't hate, you know, coaches hate the transfer portal. <laughs> yeah. Unless they get some about. Joe Burrow yeah. or fields or, you <laughs> right. know, Jalen yeah, Hurts. It, yeah, works out to be a, a miracle for him. Yeah. And that, you know, like Burrow, nobody necessarily saw coming, but Fields and Hurts, you know, when they hit the transfer portal, it's like, oh, all right, we'll take them. But yeah, you got that. So Jalen Hurts goes to four straight playoff games or four straight playoffs. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game. He's in there. You're going to have the probably the number one pick in this next year's draft, either Chase Young or Burrow. And then the 2021 number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, is in there. I mean, the playoff has got a lot. We are, we are loaded with storylines, loaded with talent, loaded with good matchups. And I love that Clemson is the undefeated reigning national champion, had one close game, annihilated everyone else, Obviously, their strength of schedule is the ACC did nothing for them. And their two SEC non-conference games, South Carolina and Texas A&M, neither were, were, were very good or great. It, certainly not great. I, I don't know if A&M's okay. Oh, I don't know what we would classify that. But whatever it is, like they annihilated everyone all year, steamrolled them. This is like, you know, 1948 Oklahoma or whatever, Bud Wilkerson. Yeah. And, and yet they're three. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you're three. You know, these, I mean, it's just so much strength at this thing. And so, I don't know. I think a lot of this is going to be, I, I I really feel LSU and Clemson are really good. I would have put LSU one no matter what. I think the committee overrated the Big Ten a little bit. Yeah. I don't think Michigan's that good. Michigan basically right. has a win. And look, wins are wins. But they have a win over Notre Dame that's very impressive. But Notre Dame just quit on that game in a, in a monsoon for a while. Um, I just don't think they should be as ranked as high as they have them. I just don't really think Michigan's that good. I, I thought they were a little over it. So I think what LSU deserved the one, they mm -hmm. get Oklahoma, get a little bit. I think this 
the semifinal, we've had a lot of bad semifinals. And one of the problems with the semifinals has been the teams from the Midwest that get in and usually get that three seed or the two. Mm-hmm. Ohio State obviously won the national title the first time. Two huge victories, the big, the epic game against Alabama in the semi. That's when the playoffs are cranking. The last three teams from the Midwest, Michigan State in 15, Ohio State in 2016, and then Notre Dame in 2018 have lost by a combined 99 to three. <laughs> so okay. good. it's been bad and that's yeah. really put a damper on the thing the, the ohio state 31 zip lost to clemson last time they played uh whatever four years ago was it th- or three years ago i don't know i guess that would yeah. be um it's in arizona least. too wasn't it maybe it was yeah that was in arizona yeah. same place yeah. you know like same place same place different coach i think this, this is a much different ohio state team i think it's it a is. better ohio state team yep but they got to show it that's my one hesitation because we've seen all these, oh, hey, Notre Dame's undefeated. I got, eh, whatever. You know, I don't think there's a lot of hype, a lot of hope that Notre Dame was going to win last year. But someone's got, Ohio State's got to go back to being the old Ohio State that won the national title. Then I think we're going to have a, a an, an epic uh, doubleheader because uh, I think I think Oklahoma's going to be able to score. I think it's going to be a shootout in that first game. I think LSU yeah. wins the shootout, but I don't think it's going to be a boring game. And then I think Clemson, Ohio State is just kind of your, your dream semifinal matchup. This is what, this is what you want out of a playoff. Back to back, double header, winner go home, you know, loser yeah. leave town, and then and then you play again. So it's it's unfortunate it's on the twenty eighth of December. Yeah. Wish it was on New Year's Day. Uh, unfortunately, yep. it takes almost two weeks to get the final two rounds of NFL playoffs. It's a disaster, you know. They can't. They have to solve these problems at some point. Someone has to eventually yep. stand up, and I know there's nobody, but somebody has to be like guys. Can we just do this the right way? I don't, maybe it's like Jimmy Pataro at ESPN who just sits there and says, our old boss at Yahoo Sports, who just sits there and says, all right, we got to clean this thing up because this current, I, I know y'all got your fiefdoms, but someone, I'm paying, I'm writing the check here. Right. Someone's got to yeah. organize this a little bit better so I can get a better rating. Because I mean, ESPN's paying huge money for this thing and they would get 35 million people watching these games as they're on New Year's Day. Right. Looking uh, success and money in the mouth and saying, no, we don't want it because this is the way we want to do it. And yeah. so they, they're going to have to show some flexibility in terms of, of organization and timing. And I know like part of that, they're, they're trying to work around the NFL and all that, but they've, they've got to figure this out for a, for the fans and B for themselves, really for the, you know, the, the to maximize that product. Hey, real quick, uh, the, the difference, one of the differences between that, 2016 Alabama or Ohio State team that got crushed by Clemson and this one that team they had lost only one game but they were really lucky at that point they had beaten Wisconsin by seven Northwestern by four Michigan State by one Michigan by three in the great JT Barrett chain link measurement so they they were not as good a team not as dominant as this team so that's one reason I look at Ohio State and I say they are they're much better more complete team this time around but as you said Got to do it on the field. I agree. I totally agree. All right, we're going to get to the lane train and some other things. I want to stick with the bowl selection right now, though, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll break down these games in the future. We got plenty of time, plenty oh, yeah. of time to give our hype and our and our picks. Your other bowl games. Now you are a little bit more in t- tune on this because I spent most of Sunday watching. Were there any major? Uh, Contras. I heard like Kentucky and Tennessee got in a scrap over who got to go to Nashville and <laughs> Tennessee. I don't like, I, I love small bowl fights. 
<laughs> Did yes. we get any good there was, small bowl fights going here? There was an SEC pecking order scrap <laughs> that erupted. Uh, yeah, over basically the right to go to Jacksonville for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. <laughs> uh, and from here on, if I refer to any bowls by their sponsor, just shoot me because I'm not gonna. It's gonna. It's the Gator Bowl. Forget Tax Slayer. I'm sure they're doing a fine job slaying taxes for people. Until but. they sponsor this podcast, That's don't cheat right. on your taxes. Go to H and R Block. <laughs> That's Where are right. you, Tax Slayer? Maybe we can yeah. get that industrial park near o'hare that's sponsoring like the bahama bowl <laughs> makers wanted you know they want to Maker, come to our yeah side. right makers come mark. on makers marks yeah, wanted <laughs> um so yeah no builders wanted or whatever the heck it is i don't know but anyway uh yeah so it was gonna be kentucky and indiana in the gator bowl i believe and then like Tennessee said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is Kentucky get we want to go to that bowl game and we beat Kentucky and we have the same record and we have a better conference record than they do, so give us that bowl. And they did. And now Kentucky's all chapped about it. But um, you know, that's good. We a little bit of a uh, little bit more SEC intrigue and infighting. That's just what we need. We don't have enough of that. Um, so that 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 and it rejiggered like three different bowls. It's like all of a sudden now the, the Music City is Louisville and Mississippi State. The Gator is Tennessee and Indiana. And Kentucky is playing somebody somewhere. I can't even remember now. Virginia Tech and the Belk. Virginia Tech and the Belk. And like in the Belk, like Belk's getting out as the sponsor. Yep. Last year, unfortunately. How about that? So after that, it's going to be like the Jimmy Graham Bowl. I, I don't even know. It. They're not Jimmy Graham. Billy Graham. Billy Graham, right. It, it, it's unfortunate because you had the great Arkansas tight end or whatever a couple of years ago stealing oh, yeah. clothes from Belk when they gave him a Belk gift card. Yeah. That was the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have enough stuff. He, the free stuff wasn't enough. He needed a little more. So had to get more. What yeah. is so good. Belk? They've been sponsoring this bowl for all these years. What is Belk? It's, it's a, a department store. store. Yeah, department uh, store. It's like uh, a, you know, like a Macy's or a, a okay. Dillard's kind of thing. Yeah, too high it's, end. It's, it's also too high end for me. Too high end. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a great spot. It's, it's, it's like it's a cheaper Dillard's. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, very fat, very functional. If you go to SEC Media Days, which you should, Dan, especially since Lane Kiffin's coming back this I year, might, I might actually show up for once. There's a belt right there at the yeah. There's a belt at, that's attached to the to the mall where they do that thing. So come on down. Well, all right. What other games? Okay. Are you fired up for? I will start. I like okay. Alabama, Michigan. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. the first off rematch from when Tom Brady was college senior. That's the last <laughs> time they played. Huh? Great game. That's my game. And then, I mean, Harbaugh, you thought you might be able to slink into the offseason with no one noticing, like, <laughs> to play some random, maybe get that 10th win. We'll find the out. question is, how many Alabama players don't show up because they're preparing for the draft? That is absolutely the question. Okay, so that's big. How, you know, the SEC has a great history of, especially Alabama, of losing non-playoff games because it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I, I can see it. Like, you go make the New England Patriots play basically an exhibition game that has nothing to do with the with the, with the playoffs. <laughs> Belichick's going to be like, yeah, we, Brady ain't even getting off the bench. Like, you know, we're just, we're just going to run the ball. Cause, um, so you got that. I don't know. But anyway, that is in the Citrus Bowl. Bama, Michigan. I like it. And uh, that that's my favorite one. What do you got? January 1st, New Year's Day to me is, is the SEC sulking day. You know, or is the SEC showing up? Because as you said, all right, Alabama, 
I was talking to somebody at the SEC Championship. They were estimating that there's probably eight Alabama juniors who are going to make a decision whether they're going pro or not. Two or three of them are absolutely gone, but they're actually holding out hope or thinking that, that as many as six may stay. They're staying, then they're playing in that game. If they're not staying, see you later. So a lot of big names and guys that have done a lot, you know, we'll see whether they show up and whether they're in uniform. And Michigan's gone through this too in the bowl games. You know, are their guys going to play or not? But the other one, Georgia, having been pummeled, are they going to show up? Or are they going to sulk again like they did last year for the Sugar Bowl? They're in the Sugar Bowl against, against Baylor, who's going to be really happy to be there. And then there's a third SEC team, Auburn, against Minnesota. Auburn, I would think, would be fired up, but Derek Brown is going to be, you know, like a top five pick. Is he showing up for the Outback Bowl? I don't know. Minnesota will be thrilled to be there. Again, like all these games, there's there's a Big Ten team in all these games or a Big 12 team that's going to be really excited to be there, except, well, we'll see about Michigan. But Minnesota, really happy. Wisconsin going to be in the Rose Bowl, really happy. Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, really happy. We'll see where the SEC teams are happy. I, you know, I really feel like these kids that have got the draft sitting there, if you want to play with your team, you want to play with your guys, you want one more, you want the f- all that, hey, good for you. Mm-hmm. I respect it, but the proper decision is to, you're done right now. You've, you ended your season either Saturday or a week before, and you're in the healing process, the resting process. That's part of the prep for the draft. But, like, it's time now. And I don't even bother me. I know it bothers some people. It doesn't bother me because it actually gives, especially with the red shirt rule, the young guys a chance. And the, and the these bowl games can kind of become like, hey, we're going to see what our – it's no longer a referendum on the season. We're see what this freshman that didn't play actually can do. Right. I think it just sort of changes the dynamic of it. I'm not less excited just because some guys – and I just feel bad for the ones that are like, geez, you're going to risk it. Like, man, this is, you have survived a lot of years of football and you're right at the doorstep of finally making the dream come true. Yes, I, 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 not only do I not blame any of them, I just think it's the, it's the right call to, to, to skip, but I respect anyone who doesn't want to do it. Hey, you want to play? Good. But uh, I just, I, I think you're going to see a lot this year and you're going to keep seeing a lot. You know, we talked about that in various reiterations of the podcast or even going back to the radio show days. So, you know, going back to Christian McCaffrey making that decision. I remember that was a big topic for us. And no, I absolutely can't blame any of them for making that decision. The one, you know, the only thing that ever stuck in my thing was, you know, do they, are they bailing on their teammates? Their teammates going to be mad. But if their teammates are fine with it, I'm fine with it. And for the most part, they have been fine. I remember McCaffrey's teammates all coming out and saying, yeah, no, Christian... Christian did awesome for us. Good luck to him. This is a decision he had to make. Go for it. And so everybody remembers Jalen Smith, the Notre Dame linebacker who got hurt and dropped in the draft. Now he's recovered. He's been fine. He's just signed a mega, mega million dollar contract coming into this season. But Jake Butt, tight end from Michigan, got hurt a couple of years ago, and he's continued to get hurt. And his NFL career may be done, you know, so guys like that. There's risk out there, and there's a lot of reward for guys maybe waiting to sit in there if you if you take care of your body and and sit this one out because they are glorified exhibition games that just basically are holiday money machines for a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you one you can't sit out. That's Pitt EMU in Detroit at the <laughs> Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> can't sit that one out because what though? Is that the Wetzel family going to be there on the? Is it still the day after Christmas? Yeah, probably oh, yeah. some tickets available. Although I Eastern Michigan, probably some tickets available. I, you'd say the 
Eastern Michigan fans will flood the the stadium with their bowl into downtown Detroit the day after Christmas. But I don't know that they really have. (laughs) They don't flood the home games. (laughs) You have no fans to flood anything with. (laughs) I mean, it's like turning on a leaky faucet. They did actually, they they had an announced attendance of 13,444 for their last home game. So give them credit for that. Would you rather be forced to attend this game or get kicked in the shins? (laughs) Not like broken bone, but just, would you rather, how about this? Would you rather stub your toe on the end table, like real hurt, but but it's going to end in like three minutes? Yeah. And okay, but the real life, you're hours. just cussing it out <laughs> and take that pain, real pain for maybe three to five minutes of pain on your toe. Real bad one. Or be forced to fly to Detroit the day after Christmas and watch the Pitt EMU game. <laughs> or, well, even worse than that, what if you're the players and you have to fly there before Christmas and spend Christmas there? If you're the Pittsburgh players, it might make that Tim Salem, our tight end coach at Pittsburgh's probably happy. He can avoid, like, putting up wreaths, taking down tinsel, you know, any of that stuff at the house. Yeah. Prepping for the bowl. Yeah. Got to get the tight ends. Got to get the tight ends involved against the Eastern Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) He, you know, he's looking for stuff to do so that he can avoid going home or looking for work to do so he can avoid going home and doing honeydew stuff. This is perfect for him. He's, He's now out of the, he's got the hall pass for Christmas as well. But, man, if there's Pittsburgh fans that show up, Anything before December 26th, and then even the ones that do show up, I, I question their sanity. Uh, to see him play Eastern. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's a tough sell. And yet Eastern got the nod over Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Toledo. Toledo was bowl eligible and not picked. You feel bad. It's like the Man. one... It's like a it's like a, a a prom at a school with an you know an odd number of kids. <laughs> yeah. One ah, oh, sorry. Well, yeah. we'll all go with friends. Private school of six sixty one people and thirty yeah. of them are paired up with thirty, and then there's the one. That's why Thamel's in Toledo now. Maybe he is. He's he's made his run. He's made his run there. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make fun of all the bowl stuff later. Oh yeah, uh, we will. But we're very quite happy. Look, uh, usually this is like a podcast where we're like ranting and raving, and did this team have a chance or trying to play devil's advocate? We just really got. I mean, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Like, no. You know, we had. I mean, uh, even I was, us two don't have much to complain about, and that sucks. <laughs> I'm complaining about that. To complain about, we thrive on it. <laughs> I was, I was a little let down that Wisconsin couldn't pull it off because I think that would have been a fun argument, Wisconsin versus Baylor, or versus Oklahoma, I mean. I'm sorry. that. Uh, yeah, but the, they didn't. They no, never were going to. That, that That's how that. bad this This is what, see, we all talk ourselves into this was exciting. <laughs> Wisconsin led. Oh, it's great. It's a freaking 60-minute game. Like, people are so excited for anything. Yeah. I swear, we're like lap dogs in college football. We're, just, we're like golf fans. Golf fans cheer for every every good putt. <laughs> like I'm rooting for a Tiger, but I'll oh Phil hit a good shot. I'll cheer for it. What you don't you don't, you don't cheer for the to. other guy? What are you kind of fan are you? Like yeah. you're not gonna sit there at the Ohio State. You're you're the Buckeye, the big Buckeye guy with his big Buckeyes and his painted head. You're not gonna be like, good job, Trevor. That was a great pass downfield. Good job. <laughs> like we're sitting there, everyone's ox. Oh my God, Wisconsin might win and not get in, and well, Ohio State will lose and get in. Like this is what are we watching? <laughs> not much, 
Not right. it's almost award season, and I'm gonna now. I think we have a real candidate for man of the year, and that man oh. of the year is Elijah Moore of the old no. University of Mississippi. <laughs> now I we loved Elijah. We loved Elijah when he when he made the Egg Bowl exciting this year, made the Egg Bowl great again when he he decided to pretend he was a dog taking a a leak in the in the Mississippi State end zone and was flagged for an unsportsmanlike conduct play, and it basically cost them the game because the poor kicker had to kick from way deep, and he missed it, and Mississippi State won. We, we really loved it because this was hysterical and no better way for the Egg Bowl to end. But it also <laughs> led to a firing of the entire Ole Miss coaching staff. We don't always see anyone lose their job, especially over because some, some kid decided to take a fake piss in the end zone as a dog. I, I still don't even understand what the whole thing is. I don't understand how that's a celebratory thing. But anyway, I am, I, I'm all for the celebrations, but I don't get it. It delivered us maybe the biggest moment for us in this pod, our selfish podcast. And that's the lane train pulling into Law Oxford. The dream has come true, Pat Forty. Lane Kiffin is back. Look at this FAU Owls. Oh, yeah. No. When you think of South Florida, you think of owls. Come on. You need a better name, Florida Atlantic. You got to be a shark. You got to be a, I mean, you got to be like a cocaine boat. You got to name yourself something good. Lane is back. Your thoughts. How exciting is this for our podcast content next year when he starts uh, talking smack to Saban and then losing 72 to three? <laughs> the only thing that could have been better, could have topped it or gone along with it is if the lane train had been paired with the Petrino motorcycle reunion with Arkansas. That would have been too much to ask. So Arkansas is going to hire a mundane offensive line coach. But they do have Lane back. We got Lane in the division with the coach who fired him during the playoff. We've got Lane back in the conference where he made enemies left and right when he was in his one year at Tennessee. We got Lane back with the assistant commissioner, Greg Sankey, who was there when the head commissioner, Mike Slive, like wanted to kill Lane. Hated, I mean, hated Lane. Thought he was the biggest turd he'd ever been around. So, yeah, bring it on. Bring it absolutely on. And, yes, he'll be trying to find all these little kind of weaselly ways to provoke Saban and provoke Alabama. And then, yeah, they're just going to keep getting trucked. The hilarious thing, this is so Mississippi. It's so Mississippi. It's perfect. The Mississippi fans are going out of their mind with excitement because they hired a guy who's been fired three times. He was fired by the Raiders. He was fired by USC. He was fired by Nick Saban. This guy all of a sudden is the savior. I had people, (laughs) Mississippi fans, sweet me. You hate us because you ain't us. Who doesn't want to be Mississippi? <laughs> They're four coming off a four and eight season. They were just on a postseason ban. They're the sixth best program in the SEC West. Boy, who doesn't want to be Mississippi? <laughs> Listen, Ole Miss, Elaine Kiffin is now, he's 44 years old. Usually, yeah. you're not even hired as your first job at 44. He's been hired five times to be a head coach. Five times. At this point, Lane Kiffin is like an aging stripper. Okay. <laughs> and Old Miss is like a 
thrice divorced middle aged dude who went to Vegas, <laughs> and they met each other, and have now <laughs> made their relationship official in front of an Elvis clad nuptials. Okay. I mean, Ole Miss has had his last two coaches fired because a guy took a fake dog pee and another one had escort services on his phone number, on his phone numbers on his phone. Okay, so we're both, you know, it's, it's, so then word gets back to, to both sides, families like, oh yeah. And you go, well, you know, this might actually work with these two. <laughs> this might be exactly what each one needs. They're beaten up, broken down. <laughs> like, what else was Ole Miss going to do? Hire an offensive line coach from Georgia and go nowhere? They've tried that. If your Ole Miss has the potential to be good, they, they, you freeze got them good. And at this point, you're like, I'm swinging for the fences. I don't care. Yes, I've been married three times. I should probably settle down, marry that, uh, you know, my, my, one of my, my, my third kid from my second wife's, uh, you know, kindergarten teacher seems nice. She's a widower. No, he's like, screw it. I'm going big time. Entertainer, cinnamon. Let's go. And that's what Ole Miss should be doing. Swing for the fences, Rebels. Hire that Rebel. This is going to be great. This is perfect. Perfect. That's the, the greatest analogy in podcast history right there. That's just absolutely. Oh, my gosh. My, I'm crying. My stomach hurts. Uh, but, yeah, I think you described it pretty well for, in a lot of different ways. Oh, this could be I mean, all right. They got, I they got potential. No, they're, 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 no they it don't. is a perfect really marriage do. of desperation. Maybe it does work out and they produce, you know, a lovely little family. Yeah. And they just settle down and are happy together. Oh, no, no, it won't be a lovely family. That's the point. We don't want lovely family. <laughs> we had that with the last guy. Uh, lovely friends. Screw it. We're going for We're going for it. <laughs> we are going for it. Right? It's like De Niro and Sharon Stone and Casino. Like, no, don't do it. A Stone. What are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go I, through some of these, these classic if, uh, uh, Sully made a nice list, and then I actually expanded on it. I, mean, I think, honest go to God, ahead. this is so, so stupid that I really think it's like the fact that, okay, Lane is a smart aleck, and he walks around with shades on. And it's that simple for these. Hey, we got, we're cool, man. We're cool. We got that guy, the smart aleck who walks around with shades on. Yeah. He won 10 games at Florida Atlantic. Bring on Saban. Bring on LSU. We can take him down. We got the guy that wears shades. I, why I not? Mean, what else you got? <laughs> Listen, Lane Kiffin hired at 31 years old to be the Oakland Raiders coach. 31. Okay, not Sean McVay. <laughs> He's no. the original Sean McVay. Now, they go 5-15. and 15. In his last game, this is some of the wise-ass <laughs> crap that Lane Kiffin does and why I love him. He had Sebastian Janikowski attempt. Do <laughs> you remember this? He attempted a 76-yard field goal. <laughs> he, Lane, 
<laughs> Lane Kiffin knew he was going to get fired. It's like, I would, like coach your last game like you're going to get fired. Live your last day like you're going to die. He's like, let's see, if, let's just see how far Sebastian 76 yards he tried it it didn't even make the end zone like he was fired two days later like just a total wise ass okay then al davis al davis is so angry he writes him a letter okay or he shows him he goes to the press conference it's like a 90 minute press conference where he oh, explains yeah. how much he uses he the overhead him. projector yeah he brought in an overhead projector like we're all in the fourth grade again <laughs> And he put up a letter that he had written to Lane Kiffin telling him how much he sucked before he fired. This is why Lane basically knew. And and in the letter, this is my favorite part of that letter. It says, by hand delivery and Federal Express. Okay, they sent him the letter twice. That's how mad Al Davis was. And he wanted to send a letter saying, you suck, Lane Kiffin. I'm going to have it hand delivered and FedEx. Just so you can't claim, oh, no, I didn't get it. I didn't get now it. we send it to you twice. Now, in the letter, it has this memorable quote, among the many reasons, like Davis denies that Kiffin, he may try to make Kiffin uh, resign, and, and he called him a flat-out liar and a professional liar. But this great line in here, he goes, Al Davis to Lane Kiffin, I do realize you, do not, you did not want us to draft Jamarcus Russell. He is a great <laughs> player. Get oh. over it. Oh, my God. Point for Lane. Point for Lane there. Absolutely. Okay. Lane Kiffin. All right. We've gone over many of these. Told Alshon Jefferson who's recruiting him. If you go to South Carolina, you'd be pumping gas. Mm -hmm. Jefferson's on his eighth year in in the NFL. Accused Urban Meyer of a recruiting violation. He didn't understand the rule. It was not a violation. And then in the act accusing him of the recruiting violation, committed his own recruiting <laughs> violation by naming the recruit. That was the one that killed uh, Slive. That one that, got yeah. Slive furious. He had an assistant wire money to a guy for an unofficial visit. Uh, there was the, 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 at FAU, there was the, uh, the game they lost to uh, Marshall where they got called for nine penalties. He tweets out a picture of three blind <clears throat> refs. With with yep. with uh with with like uh, helper dogs, yeah. and then he, and he tags the conference USA office. Mm-hmm. There's this one, the memorable Joey Freshwater. <laughs> Remember this one? Oh yeah. So up on a up on a message board because it's got to be true if it's on a message board. A guy states that he was at a bar in Tuscaloosa and uh, Kiffin is working for for Alabama. He says Kiffin's at a bar hitting on women, and uh, he's using the name. Joey Freshwater. Okay, this is from the message board. My friend knew it was Kiffin, though, and called him out on it, but he kept claiming he gets that a lot because he looks like Kiffin. Like, how does <laughs> how does the offensive coordinator, Lane Kiffin, think he can be in a Tuscaloosa bar and not get recognized? I don't know. <laughs> According to the thing, Freshwater ended up getting turned down by the girl. I guess she wasn't into guys twice her age and goes to try his luck somewhere else. So he tells the story. So this is the best part. Years later, Fox Sports' Clay Travis actually asked Kiffin about this story. And he says, did you use the name Joey Freshwater when you're out at the bars in Tuscaloosa talking to girls? No, I have not, Kiffin said. I've used Jimmy Chestnut, but not Joey Freshwater. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't deny the story. He just says the guy got the facts wrong. He, he says, someone told me Joey Freshwater is the best thing I've ever heard. 
And I said, well, his friend is Jimmy Chestnut, and it's just as good. So he was using a fake name. Now, I'll tell you, I think Joey Freshwater is much smoother than Jimmy Chestnut. much better. Absolutely. I'm not a woman, but if someone said, I would think, you want to go on a date with my friend Joey Freshwater or my my friend Jimmy Chestnut, you're taking Freshwater. Freshwater, multiple syllables, sounds better, rolls off the tongue. No. He's gonna he's gonna have to go back to that. Well, what do we call him at Ole Miss? We're, we we had we had Joey Joey Ozark if he went to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, what's he using in Oxford as his as his cover up name? Joey Bowtie. I don't know. The ladies of yeah, City Grocery, the great bar down in uh, the square there in Oxford. Be aware. Yes, <laughs> anybody calling himself Jimmy Chestnut? Uh, all right. During a win over Colorado, I was at USC. He had a he had a player switch his numbers did okay that's against the rules yep. there was the original deflate gate correct matt Barkley. yep he uh one other time at usc refused to let uh hawaii use the uh coliseum for a walkthrough when it was being coached by super loyal beloved former assistant usc coach norm chow like no told him to hit the highway wouldn't let him in there uh there was always always something else with lane Always the original deflate gate where his uh, student manager takes the pit. The student manager apparently deflated six footballs on the sideline, the Oregon sideline during the 62 51 loss to Oregon. Okay. So the student, you really think the student student manager just did it on his own? No, of course lane ordered the hit, but this was lane's explanation. This is the best part. His explanations are just for absurd for all the conspiracies things theorists that think we were behind this. I don't think if we were trying to deflate the the balls, we would direct a student manager on the Oregon sideline right in front of them to be deflating balls and playing with some deflated balls and some non-deflated balls. I'm sure if we knew that our kickers wouldn't be very happy with that either because no kicker is ever going to want to kick a deflated ball. I think there's kicking balls, not that, but his basic defense is we were so bad at the crime. You can't believe I actually ordered this. (laughs) If I wanted to cheat, I would have cheated better. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it right in front of Chip Kelly. Uh, the fights, the getting fired by by Saban, the whole thing, just fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, got fired on the tarmac by Pat Hayden. That's his firings have been epic. You got to say projector. That. Yeah. There's a tarmac, and then there's Nick Saban literally willing to change <laughs> offensive coordinators in between the national semifinal and the final, which they go on to lose. Yeah. And I asked yeah. Nick Saban after that game. I said, "Did that play? Any- oh, it didn't play any role at all. Are you crazy?" Yeah, right. Nick, I mean, they, Nick Saban was literally willing to lose a national, risk losing a national title <laughs> by changing yeah. his offensive coordinator, then spend one more week <laughs> with Lane, Lane Kiffin. Kiffin. <laughs> you remember that that in Friday, the movie Friday with with the Ice Cube. Where, you know, say, how'd you get fired on your day off? That's like the big joke. Like, what kind right. of idiot are you? Like, Lane Kiffin got fired from a job he was already leaving. <laughs> he was yeah. leaving Alabama to become the FAU coach. He got fired anyway. So, uh, good times. I, I could not be more excited about the Lane Kiffin era. Obviously. Yeah, there's always somebody willing to, to hire him. Yeah. Just like your, your, your thrice-divorced tycoon, you know? All right. In much better... News, much, uh, much, much calmer and probably more sane coaching hiring news. Florida State gets uh, gets Memphis coach. What do you think of this one? I, you and I, Pat Pete, for some reason, doesn't think Florida State's a good job. I have no idea what he's talking yeah. about. 
He's out of his mind. I, yeah, I think uh, Mike Norville's going to do great there. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's that. Uh, you know what they got? Uh, I think certainly the the rising offensive guy on the a non power five level. And Memphis has been really good since he was there. They have 40 this year, 43 last year, 46 the year before that. Uh, he's good with quarterbacks, good with scheme. They've got a good recruiter, too, because if you watch Memphis, man, they've got they've got skilled players and they've got defensive line dudes. And those are two great ways to build programs. Uh, if you can go out and identify the right guys there and be able to get them at Memphis, you can sure get them at Florida State. And yeah, again, Florida State, there's only one other program. If you're doing it right in the ACC, you need to worry about. And that's Clemson. Everybody else, if you are doing it correctly, you should be better than. And Norvell should have a chance to uh, to do it correctly there. So, you know, you plug him in. They should be better right away. And I would expect it won't be long before they are at least providing a challenge and a threat to Clemson in the ACC Atlantic and in the ACC overall and back on the national scene. I feel like a Florida State is a place you need competency. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know, Willie Taggart, I, I would have liked to see in a little more time, but it obviously wasn't going very well. But if you can just be steady, there's so many players there, so many players in the state and so many in the panhandle right. and in, in southern Alabama and, you know, some other parts you can get. Georgia, uh, along the Gulf yeah. Coast, yeah, George, South Georgia. <clears throat> it's just, uh, man, it's just sitting there. So I think that was a great hire for FSU. Not nearly as fun as uh, as Lane Kiffin getting to Ole Miss, <laughs> no. but we'll see. All right, before we get to uh, small sample Heisman, we got a little bookkeeping here, Pat. A little bookkeeping. Okay. Yeah. You ready for the bookkeeping? I don't know. It depends. What 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 yeah. books are we keeping here? Well, we're keeping the race for the case standings here. Pete Damel. 51, 37, and 2. Myself, 44, 45, and 1. So close. <laughs> you, you mass had just gone for that thing I could have gotten. Uh, haunts us all. I think that was my tie. I would have been 45, 45. Yeah. Pat, 40. You went, we all went 4 and 2 this week. 38, 50, and 2. That means tap 40 went 2 and 4. So you made a big comeback. But tap 40 is 50, 38, and 2. You are one game behind Pete. You lost. No, tap lost. So that tap, means I win because that no, means I don't have to drink the bush light on the show. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah. correct. I am correct. Sully is right. I'm right. As long as Pete beat tap, I'm off the hook. If tap won the race, that's when he had to. Ah, I got it all wrong. Yep. I was so excited. You had it all wrong. I, know. I was trying to explain it to you. This is all, this is good for me now. You can drink the damn Bush Light on our next show, Dan Wetzel. I will drink what a good beer. What the hell is Pete doing going forward to? <laughs> Pete should have, Pete should have tanked. He should have tanked for the Bush Light, but he did not. I'm going to fight with Pete right now. I am, I am not happy with Pete. What the hell is this? I thought I thought we were going to make you drink the Bush Light that's been sitting in your fridge for like five months now. <laughs> Pete's own uh, Pete's own vanity got in the way of just taking one for the podcast team, and thus we could bring that back in with the bowl with the bowl games. We'll have a bowl challenge. We'll have a, we'll, we'll have we'll a whole other bowl by... challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Bowl race for the case. We can bring it back something. in. All absolutely. Right. So Pete's we got to buy Pete beer. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. low carb and like. Organic. Oh yeah, see that's you know what we just buy a Mick Ultra. I mean, fine. White, white claw. 
at yeah. Raspberry White Claw. <laughs> Please send him White Claw. I'm going to send him White Claw. I don't care what he orders. <laughs> Do it. Send him White Claw. <laughs> or the Natty Light Sparkling. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I thought you were going to have to get drunk on the show. No, man. I can do that, but not not on Bush Light, brother. Not happening. I had a news story for this because there there was a guy in Georgia who called into his job at Steak and Shake and said he was intoxicated and couldn't make it to work. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Then he showed up at the Steak and Shake and tried to rob the place. What? After calling in drunk? Yeah, and they all know him because they work with him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mensa so member. Where it, was that? It doesn't really work because they're all like, hey, yeah. you know. Yeah. You, 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 I mean, we wash dishes together. Like, what? Is, <laughs> there's not that many people working the steak and shake. <laughs> Where was he, This was in Georgia? Uh, Oakwood, Georgia. Okay. All right. Wow. That's 20-year-old Cantarius Goins, a flowery branch, is charged with offenses, including aggravated assault. He also tried to run, and then uh, there was a brief struggle with police. A stun gun was used. So all around bad night. (laughs) Pretty bad. Gets trashed, can't make it to work, calls in drunk, which I appreciate, (laughs) but then decides to rob. I mean, just, nah, nah, that's that. That ain't it. Anyway. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. All right. I, I'm, All right. I'm impressed by that. That That is a criminal genius right there. Mastermind. All right. Let's uh, get to the small sample Heisman. Hello, record book. Hello, small sample Heisman. How about that? Obviously, the Heisman Trophy will be handed out uh, soon. I don't know. Week, two weeks. Saturday. Like Saturday. Sa- All right. Saturday night. Pat, you are an actual Heisman voter, I believe. Are you not? I am. That's okay. correct. So you will have a vote. You can tell us who you're going to vote for. You can save it for the midweek podcast. But who did you? So screw that. We're still doing small. This is still the overreaction. We don't do the whole season. So who wins your small sample Heisman? I actually have a feeling it might be the same guy you're going to vote for for the actual Heisman. Who won your small sample Heisman this week, Pat Forty? Oh, you never know because we're not supposed to say who we're voting for. So. Oh, it's a secret. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We're going to play coy on that one. It's a really, it's very, very close secret, too. I mean, nobody's going to guess. But, yes, you were right. My small sample Heisman winner is the guy that I watched in person absolutely destroy Georgia. Joe Burrow, 28-38, 349 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. It, it was unbelievable. I mean, I watched the game, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, He's made every correct decision. He made every right read. He moved in the pocket the right way every time he was pressured. He, you know, scrambled the right direction. He kept his eyes up. He find the right guy when he was on the move. Every single thing he did was right. I, but I was like, I, it, maybe it just looked like that. I went down after the game and I asked Miles Brennan, his backup at LSU, was it as perfect to, to you as it looked to me? And he's like, yeah, it was. He said he did. Every single, you know, watching from the sideline, every call he should have made pre, pre-snap, everything. And that's the way Burrow has played most of this season, absolutely at the end of it. I mean, he has just been ridiculous. He's had a season that could end up being the, the best in uh, college football history from an efficiency standpoint. 48 touchdowns, six interceptions. And on this game, in the big stage against, you know, the best defense that he's played all season, 
He destroyed him. So Joe Burrow is the easy choice for me. Small sample Heisman. Yeah, I wonder who you're going to vote for. Uh, all right, my 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 small sample Heisman is uh, Chris Robeson, FAU <laughs> quarterback. It's not just the lane train and down there. <laughs> Two hundred sixty-seven yards, four touchdowns. FAU Owls forty-nine to six over UAB. Just a curb stomping. Great job by Chris. Owls are rolling. They're ten and three. Going to play SMU in the Boca Raton Bowl. They get a home game. Home game. Is it in their own you know. stadium? Oh, congratulations. The, the bowl, the, when you watch a bowl commercial propaganda video about the rewarding trips and experiences you get when you get to play in your own <laughs> stadium against SMU and you get the new coach to give you 15 hard ass practices, Lane <laughs> failed on you. Anyway, good job. Four touchdowns and all that. All right, Pat, we have said many mean things on this podcast. As always, can we say something nice? This is a challenge for you and I. Can we do it? Pete is really the optimist around here, and that little ray of our little ray of sunshine is not here to cheer us up. <laughs> Pat Forty, say something nice. I am. I'm scrambling because it's it's just it doesn't come naturally to me. But I'm going to say something nice about the Miami of Ohio Redhawks, who are going bowling for the first time since 2016, who won the MAC. Upset winners of the championship game over Central Michigan. Chuck Martin's been there for like, this is his sixth year. And like for the last three years, he's been on the bubble. Like people want to fired and he keeps doing just well enough to keep his job. So they get there, they win the division in a surprise. And then they go to the MAC championship game. They win that. And now <laughs> they get to play the last bowl game. That isn't the championship game on Monday, January 6th. I mean, like out here in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> You know, <laughs> in in Mobile, Alabama, which at least that'll be warm. You know, I mean, Oxford, Ohio, it's probably going to be a lot colder there than it would be in Mobile. So the players get to go somewhere nice. But yeah, they got on Monday, January 6th, when you're all sad and wondering, gosh, guys, it's, it's the end. No, there's still going to be the Lending Tree Bowl. <laughs> and you're still going to have the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to watch. So congrats to both of those teams for giving us one last bowl to watch on Monday, January 6th. <laughs> Finish off the, the salsa, the bottom of the... Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were... Chuck Martin took over a uh, winless Miami program. Done yeah. good. He's done good work. All right, I'm going to say something nice about Boise State. Wrapped up a 12-1 and season by beating a Hawaii. I watched a lot of this game. Uh, really, that and the Memphis-Cincinnati uh, game was more interesting than... The SEC. You, you've been in like a committed relationship with Boise this year. You've watched like all their games. I did. They, they were yeah. always on when I'm watching. They're always, yeah. they're, I actually think if you're going to, we, I would love to see this stat. I'm not too lazy to look it up or try to figure it out. But like, is anyone on TV more than Boise? Yes. Like Notre Dame, you know, but like, I'm not talking about like a conference champ, a conference network. Like Boise's either on ESPN or ESPN two, like 11 times in a year. And yeah. they're on when no one else is on. <laughs> so it's like, get, you know, when, when you're on with like 17 other games, yeah, you're on TV, but, you know, I, I just watch a lot of Boise. They, they had a million injuries. I did. Dominated 12 and one, fifth straight double digit victory season, 15th of centuries. Program is amazing. Uh, really is. They just keep going. I got, I'm saying something nice, but I'm not going to say something nice about Boise fans. Where were you? 
on Saturday. They did not sell out the stadium. Albert really? Stadium for wow. the, the Mountain West Conference Championship game. Now, here's my thing. I get it. Like, one, not a lot of notice or whatever, but there's almost a million people live in Boise. Yeah. This is by far the biggest sporting event, I think, other than when the rodeo comes through. <laughs> like, support your team. You want to be taken seriously? Yeah. Pack it every night. It's only you know 36,000. Yeah, they didn't come close to selling it out. 23.5 was the listed attendance. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really oh, that's noticeable. Cool. Yeah. yeah, noticeable. I mean, where are you? What are you doing? You just hanging what out at Suds doing? Tavern right off campus there getting loaded? <laughs> Been there. If that's your if that's your answer, then fine. I'll I'll give you an excused absence. Get out and watch your team. You have an unbelievable football program. And there's it it's not like, oh, well, I I I'm in a pro market. Like or there's something else. You're in Idaho, man. Yeah. yeah. It. It's a twelve and one. City. Yeah. And the big the champ conference championship comes to you. And I, that that's very surprising, that attendance. Very surprising. Yeah. yeah. So where are you? Anyway. So I got no all hard there for Boise State. Fans could do a little better. Step it up. Be as good as your program. They'll show up in Vegas to to, to wish Peterson off. I I think. Yeah, yeah that's a good reason to go. go down there for that. Yeah, they are going to play their old coach. That's that yeah. is a juicy little Chris, game. Chris Peterson, full circle. Yeah, if you're looking for a good early bowl game, December 21st, Las Vegas Bowl. The guy that did the most to build Boise in his last game as a head coach for now against Boise. Anyway, it'll be an appreciation day. All right, that's our uh, podcast. We will be back midweek. Pete, hopefully, will be discovered by then. And uh, we'll break it. We got Army, Navy this week. We got Heisman. We got Bulls. Uh, more mayhem. I'm going to have Sully do a, uh, an accounting of the of all picks to make sure. We're going to, like, <laughs> automatic <laughs> recount when within <laughs> the hanging Chad. Unbelievable. The hanging, I think you picked, you picked the TCU Kansas State game. <laughs> I, the line move. I don't. I'm, I want a full forensic report, Sully. Oh we, boy, this is great. I, I, I. We need look, Sully. No voter fraud here. If you're, if you're, if you're going back through this, you got to be right. The Sullivan report will be issued on Wednesday. Okay. All right. The Sullivan All report, right. like the Dowd report and some of the other great reports mm-hmm. in, in sports history, we'll be paying attention. All right. Until then, we're all just Joey Freshwater. Living it up out here. Take care. <laughs>